This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. All right, I'm calling in all of my fellow perfectionists. Raising my hand here. I've got some of those tendencies myself. There's often this ability that people have to talk about ways of being. Oh, I'm this kind of person or I have this behavior without necessarily doing anything about that way of being. And I would love for today's podcast episode to be a real wake-up call because there's this kind of, I don't know, murky um, stupor (laughs) that I think we kind of all walk around in when we are not really understanding that there is a difference between awareness of what we do and actually putting sustained effort into changing the things that don't work as well for us. Now, in the last Your Courageous Life episode, if you missed it, in case you missed it, the last episode was about how we stop people-pleasing. And I said in that episode that some people know that people-pleasing is an issue that needs to stop, but they don't necessarily then go hey, this is like really costing me something in my life to be a chronic people pleaser. How about I shift that? And I think the same thing happens with perfectionism. I mean, some people who have issues with perfectionism almost talk about it like it's a badge of honor. Like, oh yeah, I'm a total perfectionist. That's me. And I really would like us all to question our assumptions about perfectionism being a trait that we want to encourage because perfectionism is a shadow self. Perfectionism is not enough, not enough, not enough, got to be better, still not enough, got to be better. That's, I think a lot of people, when they talk about perfectionism and they talk about it in a way as if it's like a badge of honor or something, they're intending to think of perfectionism as healthy striving or as being really dedicated to a goal, going after it, and having a really high standard of excellence. But perfectionism really erodes people. Perfectionism is not what we want more of. And really, if you already self-identify as someone with some perfectionistic tendencies, what what we want to do, one way of thinking about it, would be maybe adjust the volume. You know, when we talk about shadow work in the life coach training and certification program that I run, which is called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, you can learn more about it at teamclcc.com. We talk about this concept of turning the volume up and turning the volume down. So with the shadow selves that all of us carry, we could almost use the comparison of, think of your favorite music in the world. And whatever that music is, if you were to put it on your stereo and turn the volume up and up 
and up and up to the point where it is so blaringly loud that it is making your eardrums vibrate. Even the best music in the world, whatever is your favorite, if you turn the volume up too high, you can't hear the gift of it, you can't take pleasure in it, and it's really difficult to be around. And I often think of that metaphor when I think of my own perfectionistic tendencies. That perfectionism is the volume turned up way too high on really wonderful qualities such as work ethic and having great standards for, for your life and saying, I really want to aspire to something. I want to be proud of a job well done. Where the volume gets turned up too high is when it's never enough, never enough, got to be better, never enough. So that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at perfectionism and specifically some help with perfectionism. What are some things you can do if you know that those perfectionistic tendencies have become habits? How can you shift those habits? Now, in my book, The Courage Habit, I talk a lot about how we can access the habit brain to shift these behavioral habits because perfectionism is absolutely a behavioral habit. I mean, you were not born a little tiny baby with little tiny toes and little tiny fingers and that those little cutesy cutesy mouth that babies have. You didn't come into the world a perfectionist. You didn't come into the world going, I am not enough. I have to do better. I am not enough. I have to do better. I have to have a higher standard of excellence. I have to do more. I have to do better. You didn't come into the world that way. That's a behavioral habit that you learned. Whether you learned it because it was modeled for you, whether you learned it because you were in some kind of a situation where you needed a survival strategy and you happened upon it and something in you went, oh, this works as a survival strategy. Let me do it every time I need to survive. You know, you know it, there are all kinds of ways that habits get, get established, but it's not who you are. Perfectionism or being a perfectionist, it's not your identity. It's just a set of behaviors that you've been practicing for so long that you've taken it on as an identity. And if it was a habit that was formed, if perfectionism is a fear-based habit, then the good news is you can break habits. You can change habits. So I'm going to get into, just as I did with the people-pleasing episode, just a little tiny bit of the science behind how we change habits from my book, The Courage Habit, because I think it's a really helpful framework. You are not just taking the information from today's podcast and going, that's it. I'm going to be different from now on. No more perfectionism. Instead, my hope would be that you would go out into your life, that this would be the the kind of clarifying wake-up call that you really want something to change because perfectionism is absolutely costing you something. It is costing you your aliveness. It is costing you your happiness. It is putting uh, gasoline on the fire of not enough. And you're the one putting it there every single time you buy into a perfectionistic belief system or practice perfectionistic behaviors. You are the one putting that gasoline on the fire of you're not enough, so you got to do it perfect because then you'll be enough, but you're still not enough. So now you got to do it perfect, more perfect, more better, more perfect. I mean, it's just endless and it's exhausting. It breaks people down. It costs them their health. It costs them feeling connected to themselves, to the people that they love. 
Perfectionism will cost you something. So my hope is that you will use today's episode as the, all right, now I go into my life. I look at where perfectionism is a habit and I break the habit and I establish a new, different, more vital, fully alive set of habits. So the way habit formation works is this. We feel a cue or we, we encounter a cue. We go into a routine, which is like a patterned response to the cue. And then we get to the reward. The reward is always whatever is going to decrease stress for your brain. Your brain likes knowing what to anticipate. Your brain in the short term really wants the comfort zone, the thing that is expected, the thing it thinks it can control. And with perfectionism, control is the master drug. It is the master drug. With perfectionism, we walk when when you have those those patterns and habits, you are walking out into the world and when things that you can't control come up, like if you're worried about what other people might think of your work, then the pattern that you go into is a kind of hypervigilance, trying to control the variables, putting all the pressure on yourself to be better, to work harder, so that you can get the reward of at least temporarily feeling or believing that you are in control. What we would love is to get out of that fear-based cue routine reward cycle and into something that's more like feeling that cue of fear And instead of going into the fear-based routine of perfectionism and all the things that that brings only to get the short-term reward of feeling in control, the hope would be that you would adopt some courage-based, emotionally resilient routines instead so that you can get to the longer-term reward of knowing that you are fundamentally good, that you are fundamentally enough, and that you can withstand the discomfort of making mistakes, failing, other people not liking or approving of your work. And there's a way in which standing in that ability to make the mistakes or not get all the approval or the accolades and still be okay with you, that is the greatest freedom you will ever know. And it will sit there and it will live beautifully alongside healthy striving. You will not have to give up the part of you that is really committed to excellence when you give up perfectionism. What you'll be giving up will be the relentless exhaustion of not enough, not enough, not enough. So let me talk now more about the perfectionistic routine, the perfectionist routine. And I'm going to read a little excerpt from The Courage Habit. The perfectionist routine is ruled by the drive to do it better. There's a chronic dissatisfaction with results, which sometimes makes the perfectionist critique everything around her, feeling irritated and unable to go with the flow of life because it's not perfect. People caught in the perfectionist routine often find themselves overperforming in multiple areas of their lives, hiding imperfections, pretending everything is okay, doing more than their fair share to look good or to receive external approval not trusting that someone else will do it according to their own standards. And that can often lead to overwhelming yourself by setting impossibly high standards. 
Perfectionists will often find themselves thinking about their own internal critiques of how they should have done something better or how others should have done it better. They might say to themselves, why didn't you catch that mistake? It was so obvious. I should have thought of that. Or, well, what's the point of having someone else do it if they can't do it right? Anybody guilty as charged so far? I'm raising my hands for all of these. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What silly humans we all are, right? Even when we're trying to do it all perfectly, we can be so imperfect. Oh, I feel such love for this imperfection that it, all of us are. When perfectionists are stuck in that pattern and things happen that are outside of their control, they'll either turn the blame outward, criticizing others, or they'll turn it inward, criticizing themselves. Perfectionists consistently take on way too much, feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or, and this can get tricky too, treat being busy like a high where it feels good to tick things off the to-do list, but the high always has a lull, at which point there's exhaustion and resentment about the build-up obligations or feeling like fun always comes last or never comes at all. And people stuck in this routine might seem on the outside like they have no problems and a great life, but inwardly they often feel tired, angry, or like they don't really know who they are or what they want. There can be judgment that vacillates between feeling better than others, this is a hard one to admit to, or silently comparing and considering themselves to be not good enough. They might judge others by saying, God, why can't they get it together? Sometimes it's mean girls syndrome, competition, jealousy, undermining other people's accomplishments. And then perfectionists can often have trouble telling the difference between the kind of high standards that help them live a better life versus the kind of high standards that are exhausting to maintain. That's the tricky thing about unhooking from this pattern. How do I know the difference between a very healthy drive to excel, to see what my limits are, to even push limits, and perfectionism that's about not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. I could give you a handy little question that you can ask yourself to tell the difference. And it is, do I feel in integrity with me? I got to tell you that question, do I feel in integrity with me has become a real touchstone because I am unabashedly someone with a ton of heart and ambition and hustle. And, you know, I once said to people, I can outwork anybody. And I actually kind of believe it's true. (laughs) I can outwork anybody. And For so many years in my early entrepreneurial life, that was my life. 60 to 80 hour weeks between my salary job and building my business and just this real attention to detail. And I mean, man, if you showed me a document where all the typos were corrected, but I could tell that the letter spacing on some graphical element wasn't quite right, I would just feel Gritchety and irritated, and God, why didn't somebody catch that? And just then, oh, whoa, I don't even like thinking about that time. It's tough. So, perfectionism 
drove me at that time to associate the quantity of hours I was putting in for quality and was always pushing me to do more. And it was like, I was going to excel because I was doing more and I was outworking people. But that question, am I in integrity with myself has become a touchstone because it is so out of integrity for me to push myself to that degree. It is so out of integrity for me to consider quantity of hours spent in a chair staring at a computer to be a better substitute than the value, the deep, beautiful, heart-centered value of loving the work. And that was the trade-off that I was making when I was stuck in perfectionism. I couldn't even love the work some weeks because I was so stressed out. So am I in integrity with me is a great touchstone question. So think for yourself of any area of your life where you know you need some help with perfectionism, where you drive yourself really relentlessly, where you frequently feel yourself burned out or exhausted. And ask yourself, am I handling this situation with integrity? Am I in integrity with myself in this area? And I believe that if we're really willing to get honest with ourselves, we know the answer to that question. Don't hide out from the answer to that question. Am I in integrity with myself? And when a little shame-filled whisper says, no, that's the moment. That's the moment. It's such a beautiful moment when you can slow down a bit. And instead of rushing in with all the perfectionistic tendencies to go, I'm going to fix that now. (laughs) Now I'm going to do that perfectly. The invitation is to go, hmm, where is it that I think I'm not enough? And how do I really, on a soul level, get down to that place of knowing that my enoughness has nothing to do with the quantity of hours or the effort put in? My enoughness is fundamental to who I am. Now, I mentioned earlier that these are all behavioral habits which means that when you first start paying attention to perfectionism as a habit, you're probably just going to see it all over your life, which can feel a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. And if you are a perfectionist, then you also would probably be aware that there's a tendency to see problems or see things that need a little work and go, ah, project, let me roll up my sleeves and get my markers ready. And That, unfortunately, would be applying the same parasitic, exhausting pattern in a different domain. So we want something different here. Then, all right, well, move back, everybody. The perfectionist is jumping in to be perfect about not being a perfectionist anymore. Replace that tendency to go into a perfectionist routine with new habits. When you notice the cue of fear that feels like I'm not enough, Instead of going into perfectionism, go into slowing down. Go into feeling. Go into noticing your limiting stories. Go into reframing them. 
go into connecting with other people. And that can look like turning to a trusted peer or colleague and saying, I am just in a perfectionism loop today. Just wanted to let you know, nothing to fix, just I'm in it. And I'm, I'm just breathing and I'm being with it. And I'm sure I'll be out of it soon, but that's what's up for me. And that seems like these, those behaviors I'm aware. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm like raising my hand, man, this is an audio, but like, if you could see me right now, I'm like even raising my hand gesturing while I'm recording, because I'm just like, I so get what it is like to be stuck in the trap of perfectionism. And then here's this life coach freak telling you, just breathe, just reach out to a friend. It's all going to be okay. And you're like, you freak, like what, what? That's going to be the thing that helps the perfectionism. No lady, you're wrong. Let me get a chart. I'm sure a spreadsheet will fix this. <laughs> you know, if you're listening <laughs> who you are and if you're, if you're like, yep, that's me. But I got to tell you, I really do because I want to, you know, if all the perfectionistic behaviors in the world had worked up to this point, you, you wouldn't have a problem with it. It wouldn't be exhausting. It would just be healthy striving and pride in your accomplishments. If you want to create something different, you're going to need to do something different. So when that cue of fear around not enoughness arises, you got to recognize the perfectionist routine that is only ever getting you the reward of feeling more in control temporarily. And the work here is to start noticing when that is coming up. And instead of going into the perfectionist routine, going into a different habit. In the courage habit, I talk about accessing the body listening without attachment to the stories that we tell about who we are or what we're capable of, reframing limiting stories, reaching out and creating community. And those behaviors, those habits, if that's what you can cultivate when perfectionism arises, you will get such a deeper reward. The deeper reward will be one of of deep emotional resilience being able to face the challenges that come your way, having a capacity to really look at what's on your to-do list and go, I'm going to do this much and then that's enough. And then I'll do this much more tomorrow and that's enough. And you will find as you practice this, that the part of you that gets really excited by (laughs) some hustle and some audacious ambition, that part of you is still there. The healthy part of you, the part of you that's like, yeah, let's dream big and go after it, baby. That part of you will still be there, but you will be introducing some more nurturing, supportive behaviors that will actually help you to frankly accomplish more. I, I, I actually get more done now, (laughs) not being under the thumb of perfectionism than I ever did I think in those initial, unbelievable as this might be to say, those initial years of entrepreneurship where I was working 40, 60, 80 hours a week, yeah, I get a lot more done now and I feel a lot more relaxed and I sleep better and I you know, rarely get headaches now. I used to get tension headaches all the time. I used to throw out my neck all the time. That doesn't happen very often either. 
It's, it's really a whole new world because my, my stress levels are down. My expectations of myself in terms of that demanding, really, really rigid expectation, those, those have really dialed down. And I have better connection with other people because my expectations of others have also shifted. So there are so many benefits that you can gain from deciding, I'm not just going to listen to today's podcast episode. I'm actually going to do something different in my life. I'm actually going to look at this. Pick just one area where you have a tendency to go into perfectionism mode Visualize yourself handling it differently or just simply notice the cue of fear and move into a different routine instead of perfectionism, something that's about slowing down or confronting any limiting beliefs that you have or reaching out, creating community. There are a lot of options. These are all research-backed options, by the way. Perfectionists tend to really like pragmatic, research-backed, prove it, show me, Show me that there's actual, <laughs> there's an actual basis for this idea. All of that is there. And the rewards that await you from easing up on yourself a little bit are so huge. I want you to have them. All right. That's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know, you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox and who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get the Courage Habit at your local bookseller, on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.